Support is from TBN. Weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. Host David Friedman and Mike Pompeo take a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. Experience the land of the Bible as you've never seen it. In theaters September 18th and 19th, Route 60, the biblical highway. Information at Route60.movie. That's Route60.movie. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Moms Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. This is episode 252 and today to Lori Powers with Second Harvest Curriculum. Uh, she is our sponsor for this episode and you can find more about Lori at usedhomeschoolbooks.com. And uh, Lori is a graduated homeschool mom, and her um, website is a great source uh, for homeschool curriculum, and you can check her out. Uh, she even has a 30-day return policy, so that's awesome. We're going to hear a little bit more about Lori um, in just a little bit. Well, curriculum planning, it never gets old, <laughs> the feeling of excitement or dread, which is it, guys? Uh, when you're planning your homeschool curriculum, um, it can be overwhelming, especially if you're a new homeschooler. Um, but if you even um, have done it for many years, as I had, um, you know, it it can be um, more of a, you know, what am I going to add this year or what other book am I going to get this year? Because the really great thing about homeschooling is once you get comfortable in it, you know what math curriculum you're going to use. You know um, what, you know, um, I, I didn't do spelling, so I'm hesitating here. I didn't really do a writing a curriculum per se. Um, but there are the books that you go to each year uh, that you are comfortable with and you just get the next one for the next year. So um, we're going to talk about some planning and I'm going to go through um, kind of some of the methodology that's out there because that depends on the method of homeschooling you are going to use and kind of um, how you will plan uh, for that. So I'm not going to go into all of the styles of homeschooling or go into it in depth, but I am going to uh, touch on these. So an overview of the methods, um, and some of these podcasts were actually done on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Um, some I did on Vintage Homeschool Moms, and some were by some of the other um, podcasters on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. So I'm going to have some links um, that will help you um, with this information. So uh, look for uh, vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. Scroll down to uh, Podcast 252, Curriculum Planning, and then you'll find the links in the show notes. Okay, so the different types of uh, or methods of homeschooling are Charlotte Mason, Classical Method, Unit Studies, The Principal Approach, 
textbook and workbook, unschooling and delayed academics, homeschooling elementary years, homeschooling middle school, and homeschooling 101. These are some of the podcasts um, that are going to that I'm going to show you um, or have links for. So there's more. There's an eclectic approach, um, mixing some of these methods together. For example, I used a unit study method for the majority of the elementary years, but I supplemented it with textbooks when needed or even unschooling um, and allowing the children to pursue or go off on tangents on the things that interested them. Or if an idea was sparked by unit study and they really wanted to delve into it, I gave them the opportunity to do that. So this type of learning is most effective, I believe, when the children are really excited about a topic and they want to learn more. And that's what real learning is all about. Um, I noticed this now in my older children. My son is still interested in weaponry. He, um, When he was littler, he made a diorama. Uh, we had uh, projects that we had science and history each year. And so one of the uh, projects that he did for history was set out a scene um, from a historic um, war. And he had, you know, the little um, army guys and had stuff set up because, of course, you couldn't have, you know, figures of some of the some of the past things. Anyway, uh, we did find some things. It was amazing what we found um, for his little guys. And he created this whole scene and just loved the idea of, I, I don't know, a lot of boys like the idea of war. You know, God just kind of builds in that protective, um, you know, thing into boys. But um, he he loved it and he loved learning about the weapons. Well, even in high school, he's still interested in weaponry, makes uh, weapons, um, you know, a lot of it was from ancient history. Um, and this carried on years later, and he just does it for fun. He has made throwing stars, uh, knives out of steel. He made a sword and a bow and arrow. And he has display cases where he keeps them in his room. And it's a fun hobby that he does, and it all came uh, from you know homeschooling. My daughter, on the other hand, learned her love um, of oceanography after studying about the topic, and we went scuba diving, and she went on to get her advanced certificates while she was in college. Um, And this daughter now homeschools her own children. Uh, One of my other children got really involved in photography um, after, uh, you know, doing some different lessons. So, um, you know, it was amazing because everyone had... Uh, their own way of focusing in and looking at, um, you know, what they wanted to do. So I had to take their ideas and I had to take what we needed to learn for that year and kind of break it down in planning our curriculum. And so uh, that was, um, you know, very important to me and something um, that I wanted to do was incorporate what they wanted. The other thing I had to do was make sure that I had all of the subjects that we needed to learn for that year. So, um, you know, the obvious math history, science, reading. If they weren't reading yet, we had to have some sort of reading curriculum. Um, And then I would listen to the kids read every single day. Um, They would have to read a passage to me or part of a book that they were working on. And uh, spelling, we did 
um, with our unit studies. So whether they were history or science focused, and I would give them a list of words that they needed to know how to spell. Um, I also would work on that with any writing that they did. If they spelled something incorrectly, I would circle it and they'd have to figure out how to spell it correctly. Um, When they were really little, I would spell it correctly for them and have them rewrite it. Um, If you do copy work, that would be something else you would put on your list. And art or music, Um, if you play, the kids play sports, uh, that would have to be on your on your list. Or um, if they uh, take lessons, so that you would have, you know, these things. And of course, there'll there'll be other things that I haven't included. Like maybe you're going to do a foreign language this year. So um, whatever that is, um, you know, you need to know. Um, you know, what you're going to be teaching. So there are things called a scope and sequence, and that is something you can just look for online. Um, Actually, I'm going to write myself a note um, so I can uh, find one for you (laughs) and um, put a link on the show notes. So the show notes are going to be on Vintage Homeschool Moms 252. Uh, So some things to keep in mind when you are planning your curriculum. And also, um, it's It's really quite easy to plan uh, for the year because you either are going to do the topics. For example, if you have a history or science curriculum, you're going to look at those topics that are in the book and you're going to set that up and figure out, you know, when you're going to do different things. Um, Don't hesitate to mix up the book. There is nothing unless it's sequential like math. Um, you know, or it may be sequential in your history book, but you can move things around. And especially in science, if you want to study, let's say, birds the first half of the year, because um, here in Florida, we have, you know, hundreds and thousands of birds actually that fly down to the south for the winter. And so there's certain times of the year when we would just get so many birds flying through and we would we could study that. So we're going to maybe do something at a different time of the year. You're obviously not going to study bugs up north in the winter when everything is frozen over, right? So you're going to look at your book and figure it out depending on the season and also when you want to study it. We're going to take a really quick commercial break and we come back. I am going to share with you um, more about planning. Well, today I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Second Harvest Curriculum, and you can find them at usedhomeschoolbooks.com. Second Harvest is a curriculum company owned and operated by Lori Power, and Lori's a homeschool mom, actually a graduated homeschool mom. Uh, her homeschool journey is over, but she is providing this amazing resource. So. Second Harvest is a source for quality used homeschool books with over 40 publishers to choose from. So you can visit their website and see if the books that you are looking for are available. And one of the things I love about Second Harvest is that it comes with a 30-day return policy, and I think that's really important. You know, at Second Harvest, they also buy back gently used books. So if you have some books that are sitting around uh, that want uh, a good home, uh, home with either a homeschool family or Christian schools. Um, you can uh, find out um, if this is something that Lori wants to carry on Vintage Homeschool Moms. Um, you will find um, information there with all of their social media links. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have any questions, visit them at usedhomeschoolbooks.com or talk to Lori on the phone at 308 308- 
350-335-0335. And I want to thank um, Second Harvest for being a sponsor of Vintage Homeschool Moms. We really appreciate that. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Podcast 252 on Vintage Homeschool Moms. Today, we're talking about curriculum planning. And I want to thank our sponsor, and that is Lori Powers. Uh, You can find out more information about uh, Lori's company, Second Harvest, uh, usedhomeschoolbooks.com, and even give Lori a call if you have any questions um, about a book she uh, she might have. And I'm really appreciative to our sponsors, so please visit Lori's website and thank all of our sponsors at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, and especially on this podcast, Vintage Homeschool Moms. And tell a friend, let them know about this podcast as well as the other podcasts on the network, and help us share the love. Um, All of these podcasts come to you totally free, and that's why we're so thankful to our sponsors that help offset costs. Okay, so where were we? Planning your curriculum. So you're going to decide on a method, and which will you select? It really depends on the method um, you want to use with your homeschool, what you think will be the best for your children, and how you want to plan your curriculum. Again, true confessions here. I would have been really happy with textbooks and workbooks and only using those. And I had kids that just were not going to be very happy um, in that that uh, process. Now, other kids absolutely love it and do really well with it. So look at your kids, look at your homeschooling, um, you know, needs and kind of assess that. So I'm kind of assuming you have a curriculum curriculum in hand or you're thinking about what you want to do for um, the school year. And if you're studying the different methods of homeschooling, uh, textbook unit studies, unschooling, you know, or the variety of methods out there, um, you know, look into that and see, you know, what other people say about it and see what's going to work for you. But regardless of your method, you still need to accomplish certain things, um, even if you're unschooling. And, you know, if you're not using a set curriculum, then you want to have some books on hand uh, that the kids can learn. I heard somebody say the other day, you know, that school was really not necessary because now we had, um, you know, you have books and YouTube. And I'm telling you, my kids learn a lot about how to fix things and how to do things on YouTube. But I also think that, you know, kids do need some structure and some planning. Um, so you can use a student-led um, topics if you want. Um, I always ask my kids every year if there was something in particular they wanted to study. And one year, my two oldest, uh, one wanted to study oceanography, and the other one wanted to study the stars. And I thought, okay, so one's way up there, you know, out out in the clouds, and the other one's, you know, under the sea. Uh, way to go, guys. Nothing, nothing like uh, being diametrically opposed, right? But it was fun. We studied both, and everybody enjoyed it. So like, for example, if you're planning uh, your school year, um, you know, and using something like a classical approach, you know, there you're going to have to know that there are various cycles. So you want to look at your student's age or grade and figure out where they are um, in that approach. Charlotte Mason uses experiential uh, literature, nature studies for the principal approach. Subjects are based upon 
Um, biblical principles and students are taught to think and reason using a Christian worldview and ideas. Uh, like there's, they they do a, a really good job with the notebook method, uh, research and reasoning, uh, relating and recording are their four R's. And it still requires books, which takes us to the next point, and that is to look at how many weeks you're going to schedule your homeschool. Uh, typically, we homeschool 180 days um, of, of school year, so there are five days a week for a total of 36 weeks. So you just did divide the number of days a week that you want to homeschool into 180 days of school, and that will help you. If you have littler kids, it's a little bit shorter, but not much. And I love to have a yearly calendar, and I just had it all on one page, and I circle the days that we would be schooling in pencil. Just think, there are 52 weeks in the year. So if you homeschool 36 of those weeks, it gives you plenty of downtime, time to take a break, to regroup, to do those special projects. Uh, So when we always say, oh my gosh, we didn't have enough time to school, well, it's really figuring out curriculum planning and getting your stuff organized. So guess what? You are going to have all of this extra time. You know, look at your books. Where are you going to begin? Um, It is different if you're using different methods. And I'm going to give you some examples of the two methods I'm the most familiar with and ways to set them up. So textbook and workbooks, you take the number of days you will homeschool um, and the number of pages in the book and you just do some division. So, for example, if there's 320 pages in your child's math book and there's 180 days, um, it's going to take 1.7 days to complete, right? So for each um, each day, you're going to have to do 1.7, um, 1.7 pages, I mean days, so to complete it. So you're going to have to do at least two pages a day. And this will allow you to complete the book in 160 days, which guess what? Gives you 20 days of cushion. Um, cushion time is a great relief to homeschool families, and so you're going to have time to get ahead. Now, most math books are broken up um, into more pages um, per lesson. So you might have to read the two pages and then do the two pages of of that lesson. Or if you want to do it by lessons, if there's you know 180 lessons. Um, in the book, then obviously that's going to be one lesson a day. Typically, books don't have that many lessons because a lot of the textbooks, let's face it, are geared uh, for public or private school, and so they know how many days they have and what their limitations are. I love the idea of cushion time. This is a great relief to me to have time to get ahead if you want to take a break or to know how many days you can miss without getting behind. It is basic and elementary, my friends. Even my grandkids come and they'll say, oh, Grandma, we did four pages ahead um, because we wanted to get ahead, so we'll be done with our book in March instead of April. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, here they are, little kids, you know, second and third grade, and they know this. So it's really not brain science. For unit studies, I planned my topic ahead of time, a year ahead, and then we decided how many uh, weeks it would take us to study. The best unit studies take at least six to eight weeks. Um, If you do it for three months, sometimes it's overkill. And my own creation science study guides uh, use this method. And again, I'll have a link on the show notes on episode 252. Um, In this amount of time, you can read about the topic, do the science and history projects, and really delve into the topic thoroughly. 
Um, we loved it. We did the creation science, creation geology, creation anatomy, and creation astronomy. And um, I even have um, classes that I uh, presented, and I've done the audios on all of those, uh, except for geology. That one um, was not completed, but the other three are. And so um, there's lots of handouts and things like that. You can check um, that out on the Media Angels membership site and uh, check that out. Also, schedule in time for breaks, such as field trips, schedule in time for vacations, even staycations. Also, um, breaks for planning, planning time, you know, over a long weekend. Um, As I shared in the previous podcast, I loved to plan my year ahead of time. I felt like that was such a gift to me. And then I could always keep a notebook of things that we wanted to study. Even when I podcast, um, you know, I will think of, oh my gosh, I need to talk about, you know, journaling in the homeschool, or I need to talk about, you know, folder um, work that I put together um, for times when we were going to be so busy or... Um, when I was having a baby, that I wanted to have some folders prepared ahead of time. I'm going to share another whole podcast with you on that. So when you're homeschooling, the same thing's going to happen. One of your kids is really going to be interested in a specific topic. Like my daughter was really interested in oceanography. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, let's get some you know museums that we're going to. But this was planned ahead of time so that we could go Um, to a specific museum. There was one in Tampa that's two and a half hours from where I live when they had their big oceanography exhibit or when we were studying the human body and they had their huge exhibit on the human body. So we could plan these things. I could look ahead of time and on the websites and see what was going to be available and then plan these. Either it was going to be a day trip or we'd wait for a weekend uh, when dad was home. And there's a lot that, a lot of moving pieces. Um, if your kids play sports, mine did. And there's so many moving pieces with that of when their games are. I loved it when they got to high school because the games were very rarely on a weekend. Um, because I guess, you know, a lot of kids don't show up, which is great when you, you know, have had so many years of you couldn't plan a whole lot for the weekend because the kids might have sports on Saturday to have that freedom to be able to go do things with your kids. And, you know, that was when we planned our bigger family vacation. When we went to DC, when we went to, um, you know, the museums, the Smithsonian's, which were, you know, such a blessing to be able to go see those. And also to um, go on our our trips when we were uh, studying about rocks and we wanted to go up to Georgia and collect a lot of different rocks from different terrains. And so that we used that as part of our vacation. And then we had all our rock collections. I had to order some. Um, you know, I bought some at nature centers. And the kids were able to study Um, But it was also based partly from our field trips and our family vacations. So if you plan ahead and you have the schedule that you can look at, it is a blessing when it really comes down to sit down and put it uh, pen to paper. And I shared with you in the other podcast, too, about the four square method. And if you haven't heard that podcast, I will do it briefly here. So what I did is I took a um, sheet of paper. And I just made a, uh, a made it into uh, four grids. So I put a horizontal and a vertical line, and I put grids down um, into our activities. So whether it was um, faith, kids, 
school or homeschool. And so that way, you know, as we were planning vacation or we were planning things that we were going to do, I could put that on my, you know, one year plan. And then I would be able to look at that one sheet because it seems like it's insurmountable. There's so many different moving pieces. I remember one time getting a, um, it was actually like a curriculum for moms on how to do household chores. And it had every, like, no idea was missed, okay? It had everything from washing your windows to dusting your baseboards and on and on and on. That just freaked me out. There were so many moving pieces to that. And I just had to think simpler because I don't think in an organized, planned way. But when I took this and I came up with this uh, four-square method and I could just you know, make this grid and put faith, kids, school, and household. And I've also um, given this away for free. So if you're part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network um, email group, um, you will receive it. Even if you are a new subscriber, it will be a permalink there. Um, And if you um, want to get that, it is free for you. There's a whole planning guide for you there. Uh, Field trips were always a big part of our homeschool, and, um, you know, again, that's, uh, I think think I've done, um, I don't remember, (laughs) I'll have to look, but I think I did a um, podcast on that, and I will look for that, but you know what's going to happen. If I didn't, then I will do one in the future, but you can learn so much um, on a field trip, and then what I always did with the kids was I either had them take a camera. Uh, So they could take pictures, and when we got back home, they could print out a few of them and make a book. And it was a memory book that they loved. You know, we we scheduled our field trips around the topics we were studying, um, and you know, sometimes we just did it as a standalone, like when we went on vacation, and um, you know, we went on all these different hikes, and it was super fun. You know, we had studied about ancient Greeks and Romans, and then we decided to visit various restaurants and sample uh, Greek uh, food. And I'm Italian, so, um, but although the Roman food back then, you know, fresh grapes and and um, and some of the fruits and you know cheeses and things like that, uh, the kids were so funny. They're like, "Well, can we eat? You know, laying sideways?" And I'm like, "Yeah, see how you like that? You're probably not." Um, but uh, my kids were. My kids were so funny. I don't know if you enjoy your children as much as I enjoyed mine, um, but they have had uh, their moments, let me just put it that way, and uh, they always wanted to take things to the nth degree. And I do have to say, you know, after many, many years of homeschooling, I had two older children uh, that were 12 and 14, and then I had my next three um, almost, you know, um, Let's see, Christina was 12 when I had Nicholas, and then uh, three years later I had Annie, and then two and a half years later I had Mikey. And um, as of this recording, Mike's 17, Anne's going to be 20 this year, and, my, and Nick's going to be 23. But uh, So they're, they're pretty grown up. But I remember Christina, my second oldest, saying to me, Mom, you know, I'm looking at the little kids, and they're not having as much fun at school as we had when we were homeschooling. And that really gave me a wake-up call. It made me think 
my gosh, you know, she's right. I'm not doing as much hands-on things. Some of the things I just wanted to be done with, you know, um, especially the subjects that I wasn't that thrilled with. And here we go. I've got to do this again. I felt like one of those movies, you know, where they wake up and it's the same day. Um, I, I had some of these toys that I had gotten rid of coming back into my home and, you know, a, a lot of things like that that I had to overcome. All good, you know, um, but it was um, it, it was just, you know, sometimes a challenge. And as I record, you know, I... I um, I'm looking at a picture of my three youngest and my son found a bunny out in the yard and he has, um, this is my soon to be 23 year old and he's got earplugs around his neck because he probably was, you know, riding the lawnmower and my, um, my 17 year old comes up to his elbow and then my, um, my daughter who's, you know, uh, 19 going to be 20 is up to his shoulder and, it's a reminder to me that our kids grow so quickly. They really do. And that I want you, you know, the whole idea of vintage homeschool moms is to encourage you and to give you hope. And I just want you to know, you know, I spent 30 years homeschooling. And yes, some of it was challenging. And yes, I did threaten sometimes to put them back in school. And yes, you know, we did have our meltdown days. But all in all, it was such a blessing. And I just pray um, that you are blessed by your homeschool days and that your journey is one that is filled with love and laughter and that you enjoy your children and, and don't make planning this big insurmountable ordeal. Um, one year I actually had my daughter, Christina, come over and um, she's an adult now and she is a fabulous planner. And I gave her all the books and I said, here you go, help me plan this out. And she did. And it worked out really well. Um, so, you know, have a, a little bit of faith. You two can do it. And I just pray that, uh, again, that you have the most wonderful year ever. Thanks again uh, to our sponsor for... Um, uh, continuing to sponsor us, and that is Lori Powers with Second Harvest uh, Curriculum. Go to usedhomeschoolbooks.com and check them out. Take care, everyone. God bless. And you can find the show notes at Vintage Homeschool Moms Podcast, Episode 252, Curriculum Planning. Take care and God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Moms Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the Vintage Homeschool Moms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.